2: Welcome in everyone to another edition of the Pack a Day podcast. Thanks again for joining us today. My name is Dan Kotnick and uh, we are in the middle of our decompression, our debriefing from the 2020 NFL draft. And today on the podcast, um, our crew is going to take a look at uh, what happened, what didn't happen and what could have happened for the Packers in the middle round there on uh, on day three at rounds four and five. Um, joining me today are my two partners in crime for this month. I've got uh, Rob Rieger. Rob, how you doing? I'm I'm doing
3: great, Dan. Th- thanks a lot. And uh, you know, I, I was kind of looking forward to breaking down the fo- the fourth round pick, but uh, yeah. unfortunately that didn't happen. But uh, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll make do.
2: Yeah, we got left a little buried when it came to content <laughs> for yeah. today. Uh, but also joining us today is um, new friend of the Packaday Podcast, or I should say new. Uh, Contributor to the Pack a Day podcast is Brennan Roop. Brennan, how you doing? I'm doing
4: great, thanks, Dan. Uh, I'm a little. I'm really excited to talk about these. This one pick. Uh, yeah. You guys order your Jordan Love jersey yet? <laughs> Not, Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think I'll wait
3: till after uh, Aaron Rodgers' uh, cap number or his cap casualty yeah. number falls below thirty million. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. I I might go like the jersey. First, like get like the t shirt jersey first before go. I go full jersey for with Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I obviously the, our crews talked a lot about that pick and everything else that the Packers have done here in the 2020 draft, and so uh, we have got the first two rounds of that day three. Um, you know, this is a time that you can find guys that uh, you know, are more of those diamonds in the rough, uh, you know, sleepers that we we had kind of talked about rob last week in our mock draft and everything um so we're looking at four and five and uh like we said the packers originally had a fourth round pick coming into uh the 2020 draft but after day one that was no longer the case as that went uh went away in the the trade up for jordan love so um before we get to the the packers pick in the fifth round uh the new linebacker Kamal Martin. We'll talk about him. Um let's take a look at what could have happened there in uh at pick 136 in the um in the fourth round guys. It uh went to ended up being uh the Rams who picked um the tight end Bryson Hopkins out of yep. Purdue. Uh but between that pick and the one that the Packers ended up making in round four, Rob uh there's a significant amount of talent that, you know, could have ended up becoming Packers.
3: There, there is. And, uh, you know, what's funny is I'll, I'll start out with Bryson Hopkins because I, I saw, you know, I was reading some things about uh, Josiah DeGuara that Bryson Hopkins was the player that was most compared to him. And uh, a lot of the pundits out there, and, and who knows what's going to happen with his career, were saying that Bryson Hopkins kind of is the same type of player, but does this, but, but a little bit better than uh, Josiah. Now let's hope he's not. But it, it's kind of funny that he's the actual pick, and then Matt Lafleur's basically his mentor um, with the Rams actually picked Bryson Hopkins to uh, to play tight end and kind of the H back role. So, so I thought that that was kind of interesting. So it'll be very interesting to kind of follow his career to see how he does. The guys that I have, and and I'll turn this over to Brennan in a second. That that I kind of had my eye on at that pick is a Meek Robertson, a cornerback out of. Louisiana tech. Uh, I watched a lot of film about him and actually had him as one of my sleepers for the cheese TV draft guide uh, as one of the players that I felt, you know, we might take a look at to maybe replace like a Shandon Sullivan in there. Um, the other guy is Antonio Gandy, golden Goldson um, from Liberty. He was the, the other guy that uh, big receiver, like a really big receiver, talented mm. guy. And I kind of had my eye on him. He went about four picks after after uh let's see one, two, three, so he went, yeah, about six picks after so and then the third- actually the third guy, and then I'll turn it over to Brendan let get his thoughts is the center from Wisconsin, Tyler mm-hmm. beattis, um and he went to the he went to the Cowboys in the last pick of that round, and we did you know in the sixth round end up taking a center, but you know who knows what could have happened had we stayed at that fourth round pick, um what are your thoughts on that, Brendan?
4: Yeah, I actually have one of the same guys that you had, too, Antonio Gandy-Golden. He's actually someone that I was hoping would fall to the fifth round, but he got snagged up, like you said, a few picks after 136. Like you said, big body receiver. I think he would have been a good red zone threat. He maybe isn't the most dynamic athlete, but he's got a little juice to him. I think he forced uh, a couple of missed – I think pro football focus had it for like 17 missed tackles this past season. Uh, Big body, I think he kind of reminds me of Herman Moore. Not the most dynamic, yeah. but just a jump ball specialist, kind of possession receiver type person. And another guy that kind of caught my eye at that pick, I think he went a few picks after Antonio Gandy-Golden, was Joe Reed, the receiver out of Virginia. Yep. He's a kind of a shifty guy, a dynamic returner. I think he had five career kick return touchdowns. So those are two guys that I am going to keep a track on as their careers unfold to see how they plan out, because they could have ended up in Green Bay as well. Yep, definitely.
2: Um, let me take this... Uh, another way real quick um obviously let let's say that the packers don't trade up for the jordan love pick um you know and still let's say that they make the pick where they were supposed to at 30 so they keep that fourth rounder um is there is there anywhere in the the few picks ahead of where the packers would have been at 136 that you could have seen a trade up because if you're at 136 and you still have all of those picks behind you, you know, jumping ahead four, five, six spots in the, the the fourth round like that isn't out of the question. But obviously, without the fourth rounder there, you don't kind of have that sitting there because there there's a couple of players. You know, if you look at like Gabriel Davis out of UCF went just um, you know a handful of picks before 136. Um, you know, is is there anywhere anyone ahead of that that you could have seen a a trade up for or does that even really come into effect are we cutting are we getting like too hypothetical at that point
3: Brenna, you can go ahead and start with this one i do have yeah, some thoughts I mean, though.
2: if, if they don't trade
4: up for jordan love there's a couple quarterbacks that went in the fourth round that i think green bay would have mm-hmm. been interested is jacob easton out of washington who went to the colts i think he has a strong arm obviously he needs time to develop because i don't think he's all there yet i think he would have been better off staying in school one more year but he has one of the strongest arms in this class. And then another guy that a lot of Packer fans were glamoring for was the Green Bay kid, James Morgan, who went a couple of picks after Eason. So if you think about it, you don't trade up for Jordan Love. You probably get a guy in the fourth round that maybe can sit behind Rogers as well. Now, this is all hypothetical, but those are two guys that I think would stick out there.
3: Those are, those are, yeah, those are really good picks. It's funny. It's funny though, uh, Dan, how you brought up Gabe Davis is um, he's actually a kid, believe it or not, that I've known since he was a freshman in high school. Uh, He graduated, he went to high school with my son uh, in Florida. So yeah, my son, my son was his teammate. My son was actually his backup and finally didn't finally got to play after Davis uh, (laughs) after he left. So, so I've been watching this. I watched almost every game that he played as a high school kid I watched uh, almost every game that he played as, as a as a college kid and, and, and just what what you get out of him is just just a fantastic person, number one, and, and just a really, really hardworking kid. Like he's always been known for that. A kid that just goes out and runs bleachers after practice and and so on and so forth. So he's one of those guys who needs some refinement. But I think that his best football is still ahead of him, which is which is great and would have been a great addition for the Packers. Um the other one, you know, that obviously you said, you said Morgan. But there's kind of another angle to this, too, that we haven't talked about. And that angle is that Peter King had actually reported that the Packers tried in vain to trade up in round two Mm -hmm. after they had after they had taken Jordan Love and and lost that fourth round pick. And the reason why they didn't was because they didn't have that fourth round pick to dangle and they had to only had that fifth round pick and nobody really wanted to trade back that far. Uh, by just getting a fifth-round pick. So, so you know, had we had that fourth-round pick, we could have potentially traded up for, like, a LaVisca Chenault. Um, we could have maybe even gone as high to get, like, a T. Higgins or a Michael Pittman, to, you know, maybe not that far. But uh, LaVisca Chenault went, you know, about the middle. Uh, Chase, uh, Chase Claiborne was another guy that um, I think that the Packers might have had their eye on. And then, uh, I guess, Brian Gutekunst, according to Peter King, Said that once a couple of the guys that they had targeted had gone off the board, they just, you know, stood pat and then drafted AJ Dillon. So, um, that's another kind of interesting angle that had we kept that fourth round pick, uh, we yeah. probably could have traded up to get the, get the, probably a guy like Chenault.
2: Yeah, that's, that's very true. Um, I mean, that people, people don't really realize that, that fourth rounder, that, that holds a lot of weight when it comes to, you know, uh, the trading ability. When it, you look at the, um, the, the, the pick value chart, that fourth rounder has a lot of value to it. And so there there was a lot. And then, I mean, like, even looking into the fifth round, like, there there's a lot of talent there that, you know, um, Rob, like, you and I especially had kind of mentioned some of these guys when we were talking, like, our mock drafts falling to this uh, part in the draft. Like, I saw um, Colton McKibbitts. Like, I, I loved him, the, the offensive tackle out of – uh, yeah. West Virginia fell to 153, you know, obviously like some of these, like when you get into the fifth round, um, I don't know if like, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, can you, can you re- how far like down the list of, of picks can you look at and say, you know, they could have been Packers in the fourth round before you say, well, they were actually fifth-round talents and shouldn't have been taken at the fourth round? Or or is there really a, a limit? Like, you pick the guy that you want when you want him.
3: Well, one of the interesting things about that, it's a great point that you, that you made, is that the team's obviously, I mean, we all do mock drafts and we always kind of pretend we're the, you know, the GMs, but but these teams grade the players separately. So they, they don't have all the same grades on, on the players. And, and if you see a lot of the scouts, you know, the anonymous scouts, um, you know, one guy will have a third round grade on them. The other guy will have an undrafted free agent grade on it. So, you know, obviously that's, I think that's why we love this so much. The draft and everything is because it is a totally inexact science. So, you know, if you ha- see a guy in the sixth round or, or late in the fifth round, Um, You know, you might have a a, a very higher grade on him or a little bit higher grade than maybe somebody else. So I I think it's a fair point uh, Mm -hmm. to to look at some of these guys that maybe were picked 15, 20 picks back and see the way that they would fit with your specific uh, uh,
2: team and everything and scheme. We'll move move past those guys now um, because I don't know how much they're really – I mean you can look at guys like – You know, if uh, like kind of like what Brennan said, like quarterbacks like Jake Fromm fell into that fifth round um, area. Uh, But you've got guys like uh, like Quintez Cephas was there and Colin Johnson coming in, you know, just a shade before the Packers came up to draft um, again at one seventy five. But let's talk about let's talk about the guy that's actually the Packer. Uh, Kamal Martin, our new a new inside linebacker. From Minnesota, pick 175, uh, six foot three, 240 pounds. Um, I don't know. Like the first thing that I think of here, guys, is like when I saw the pick happen, and I was trying to rationalize it to my family who were still on like uh, like suicide watch from from Thursday night. Um, you know, if you if you didn't draft a defensive lineman to go alongside Kenny Clark of the run defense this is kind of like the next best thing, right? Like this is a run stopper, right?
4: Yeah, I think this is, I mean, I was kind of surprised by the pick too. I'm sure everyone was that, I think everyone was expecting a receiver or a D lineman, but a linebacker is the next best thing. This guy is a physical downhill thumper. He comes downhill with a full head of steam. He shows good burst shooting the gap. He's got long arms. He works through traffic well. And on top of that, he's maybe not like an Isaiah Simmons in coverage, but he looks comfortable dropping in the zone. I don't know how he's going to match up going man-to-man,
3: but I don't know what your thoughts are on him, Rob. I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. So, I mean, obviously the issue, he has some injury problems, had a couple of concussions, uh, he hurt his knee, which ended his season. But when you really do look at what he did when he was on the field, um, this is a guy that averaged in the games that he played throughout his career. He averaged over nine tackles a game. He had four picks. He had four 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 uh, force fumbles. He had nine passes defense uh, to kind of go along with what you're saying. Um, and he was a difference maker on that team. He, he he was definitely a guy that stood out in that defense for sure at, for Minnesota. And When he did get hurt, uh, they suffered because of it. So, um, you know, I look at him, and obviously he didn't have a 40 time. It, it, so, I mean, there are some question marks about him, and I think a lot of that has to do with his injury history, which – I guess I can deal with in the fifth round that you want to kind of go for some upside guides in in that round, but you know, he's for sure, if he's healthy, uh, a special teams guy, for sure, with with his speed and his tackling ability. So um, he's going to have value to the team regardless. And then if you can kind of step into that second uh, inside linebacker role, um, other than Kirksey uh, on occasion, when we do use use that uh, type of situation, it would be, I think it would be a very big potential positive.
2: Yeah. And, you know, uh, the, the whole, the injury thing with me and Rob, you kind of touched on it there in the fifth. uh, Is it fair to say like in the fifth round, like injury history, it really doesn't matter too much anymore. You know, you know, as long as it's not something, you know, catastrophic, but like stuff like this, like that, that really can't sway you anymore at this point. Right. Because at the fifth round, everybody is kind of a, you know, picking out of the hat almost uh, and you're just hoping that some of these guys can contribute and so you're you're not expecting Kamal Martin to come in here and play every single down as the inside linebacker I mean he's he's basically a, a sub package kind of kind of player at this point if he stays healthy so I mean that's fair right like the the injury concerns that really doesn't matter too much at this pick right I I would much
3: rather have a more talented player and kind of take a risk at this point. I think a a lot of the the Packer fans, one of the criticisms that I I guess, they and I think it's fair with Brian Gutekunz, is that um, he does sometimes rely on players coming off of injury a lot. Uh, When he was talking about the receivers after the draft and saying, well, you know, we kind of looked into it, but we're happy with the guys we had, and he mentioned specifically Equinemius St. Brown, and also Devin Funches, these are two guys that end of the season, they're on injured reserve and they're coming off major injuries. So, you know, he, he kind of went into that saying, you know, yeah, we're going to hang our hat on this. Same with uh, Kirksey as well. He's a guy who's coming off a major injury the last couple mm-hmm. of seasons. So um, I think that with the the way, usually I would agree with this, but in some ways I almost kind of wanted a guy who was maybe a little bit more reliable, but not quite as talented, just in case something happens with Kirksey.
4: Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I think the injury history, you know, it's it's kind of concerning. Um, you wonder where he maybe would have went and how he would have tested if he wasn't hurt. Um, but like you guys said, at this point, you're kind of banking on him just trying to be a special teams ace, maybe coming in to being a run stopper on the first two downs and then just subbing out. So at this point, you're kind of just gambling on him recovering from that and maybe becoming a player who two years from now is the starting linebacker when Kirksey moves on. That's kind of what you're banking on, yeah. I guess
3: it's it's a fair point, and I can see both sides of it, and and you know, I, and and you know, I've always been a guy who, you know, if when I'd rather err on the side of talents, you know, in, in almost any situation, because uh, you see guys all the time, you see these guys coming from nowhere in the fifth round, and it's usually because you know, they've had some issue, like it's either, you know, they've had some discipline issues, they've had some injury problems, you know, it almost always, when you see a guy that um, becomes a, you know, a good starter or, or a star from the fifth round, it's almost always, they had something, you know, that kind of got in their way of, of, of being a higher draft pick, but it wasn't talent. And then actually mm-hmm. when they got healthier, they got their heads screwed on straight, then they're able to actually contribute and be a solid starter in the NFL. So um, this guy has that potential. Like when I see on film, I see a guy that's higher than a fifth-round pick. I really do. I see I see a guy that, that is very comparable to some of the guys that I saw went in the second and third round. Um, it's just a matter of whether he can stay healthy and, and if he can stay on the field.
4: Yeah, it was a lot of fun watching him play against – working against the run. The Packers kind of need that physical presence up front playing that linebacker spot. They need someone that is going to stick his head in there – Come downhill in a hurry and just make a play. I mean, he didn't always like make the tackle, but he caused disruption. That's kind of what the Packers are looking for there.
2: Agreed. Yeah, definitely. Um, so to kind of build off of off of that, so the Packers go there at one seventy five with Kamal Martin. Um, Rob, you kind of mentioned you would have rather maybe seen someone with uh, you know a better health injury that maybe didn't have as much talent um, go instead the guys that went after Kamal Martin at 175 um are there is there anybody there that you've highlighted as I I would have preferred you know this instead at 1s one, at 176 or uh, you know, is there anyone that you that you saw that you got passed up that you wish could have happened differently?
3: You know what's funny is that the pick right before us, and you know, I was watching this draft, and, yeah. and kind of the guy that I had my eye on was the <laughs> was the guy Murchison from Same. North Carolina State, and you know, he was kind of the guy I was crossing my fingers would make it. So I don't know if we you know even looked at potentially like hopping them to get to get up even a couple spots and maybe giving up a seventh rounder or something to move up there. Um, he was the guy that I definitely had my eye on. I was hoping we'd have. Um, the other guy, maybe from the outside, is that Anai from, from Utah. He had a very, mm-hmm. very productive career at Utah. Um, he was fir- first-team all-conference. He was a very big disruptor there. Now, I guess the question would be whether he could actually be sort of that stand up outside linebacker he doesn't have really the bulk to become like a defensive end in our three four but he would have to maybe lose a little weight or gain a little you know try to try to work on that so slimming down to become that the other guy and here's the guy that um i really had my eye on um is the guy from baylor i don't know so and then i'll turn it over to you but um, the defensive roy, tackle yeah roy from from roy, baylor yeah um him and also Donovan People Jones was another guy from a receiver yep. position. So, I mean, I, I mean, I'm I'm hogging this segment a little bit, but uh, I, I, was, I I was I was I was dude, I was sitting there watching this draft waiting like it seemed like hours for the Packers to pick. And then as they're picking, I'm thinking, "Okay, you know, we got this guy available, this guy available, this guy available. I'm all fired up." Um, I'm not dissing the pick of Kamal Martin. It's just that I maybe thought that we would go in a different direction uh, with either defensive tackle or the wide receiver position.
4: Yeah, I would kind of agree with you uh, on Bradley and I. He was one of my favorites in this class. I'm surprised that he fell to the fifth. He's not the most explosive guy, but he's just a technician as an edge rusher. And I'm surprised he lasted long. And I know the Packers have the Smiths and Rashawn Gary already there, but you can never have enough pass rushers. And so I think that he would have been a very value pick at that point. And another guy like you already talked about was Jonathan Peoples Jones, who's a, I think he's a better athlete than a receiver, but at this point, that late in the draft, I would be willing to bet on his athletic upside to be turned into a solid receiver. So those are two guys that kind of stood out to me there that I was hoping they would take.
2: Yeah, I I'm I'm glad that that Peoples Jones got brought up because I think I think when you look if you're just looking straight down the list of of players that went between that 176 and uh the john runyon pick at 192 donovan peoples jones is the one that immediately jumps out to you because of obviously you know the whole talk about it afterwards has been the lack of wide receiver being picked in this draft and what people said is one of the deepest wide receiver classes that we've seen in recent years and peoples jones was somebody that uh a lot of mock drafts were having go to the packers and you know falling to there is, is is a tremendous value And, you know, honestly, I can't believe that the Packers also passed up on um, on Blake Ferguson, the long snapper out of LSU. (laughs) Like, how do you let a talent like that fall past and fall into the sixth round like that? Inexcusable (laughs) that 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 happens. I I just I honestly can't believe, like, how pissed could you would you be if you are a guy like Donovan Peoples-Jones or Alohi Gilman who went right after him? That a long snapper got picked before you in the sixth <laughs>
3: round. <laughs> That's
2: just that it's crazy. I, I don't. Right. I don't know. What you, I, I,
3: I can tell you right now that I, you know, I've, I've watched a lot of these drafts, and I can tell you right now, and this is me being completely honest. I think he was the first guy that got picked that that I had never heard of in my life. I had never heard that name before. I had never. I'm watching this thing. I'm like LSU. I've watched like all of LSU's games, and I've never heard (laughs) the name Blake Ferguson before. Oh, man. Yeah, Alohi Gilman, you know, uh, just a stud from Notre Dame. You have Jones, like a five-star recruit
4: in high school, and a freaking long snapper's picket.
2: Man, if that doesn't put a chip on your shoulder, you know? Uh, that's I love it,
4: too, because when they announced that pick, I think it was Daniel Jeremiah that's like, I got nothing on him besides personal stuff, so don't ask me to give you any detailed information on this guy. So, I I think Rob Daniel Jeremiah was the same boat as you, Rob.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah they always get to that point in the draft where yeah we just we don't have any footage on him anymore that it's it's nothing yeah. now um so that's that's four and five guys uh there wasn't a ton to talk about for the packers like we said getting rid of that fifth that fourth round pick to to move up for for jordan love um but kamal martin is the is the hall and i i think you could could you argue like that that's one of the more important picks because after the, after that third round pick, there was such a gap between their next pick that that one kind of has to be one that you are trying to hit on the most because you've, you've had to wait for, for so long. I mean, that's, that's kind of like what they were saying when, um, when they, they drafted, uh, the tight end from Cincinnati. I, I've still no idea how to say his last name. I haven't learned it yet. Um, but like th- like he, he was he was projecting into the fourth, the fourth round, early fifth round. But they picked him there at that third round position because they didn't think he was going to fall that far. Which changes again, you know, what happens in the you know in the third round if if they have that fourth round pick, what do they go with the third round? But um, I don't know, does that does that track like the Kamal Martin pick kind of weighs on you a little bit more because there was such a gap between picks that. You kind of have to to make something happen with it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, yeah, it totally makes
4: sense. I was that's part of the reason why I was so hoping for a receiver or defensive lineman or just maybe the best player on my board, which would have been Bradley and I probably at one seventy five or whatever the f- pick was. So yeah, Kamal Martin, I think there is a lot of pressure on him, especially because it's a position where outside of Kirksey, it's kind of wide open. So that linebacker battle for the linebacker two is going to be good. Uh, big in training camp between him and Ty Summers, Curtis Bolden, Oren Burks. So that's something to keep on
3: in training camp. Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with that. You know, I think that's an important pick. And, you know, I, you know, there's so many variables in the draft and so many things that, you know, could have happened and, and might have happened. And, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of, I think, in this draft more than any other draft, kind of second-guessing. And um, I hope that the fans out there give – you know, this draft class a chance and they're not so quick to to judge because, you know, I think that the initial reaction is a bunch of pitchforks and and things like that. So um, as far as the draft class as a whole, but specifically with Martin, um, you know, if he can't come back strong from his knee injury or he doesn't contribute or he continues to have these problems, um, that'll definitely be a ward on this draft class for sure
2: yeah definitely um, all right guys I think that is all we can squeeze out of uh, out of one fifth round <laughs> <Sure>. pick for <laughs> here so far but congratulations on what we were able to get out of it that was that was really good um, make sure guys uh, for the rest of the off season that you're following the podcast uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Today podcast new episodes each and every day um, we are all three on Twitter as well you can follow us there I'm on there at DK all the way uh, Rob where can people find you? At NFL Draft Riggs, Regs R E G S, perfect. And Brennan yourself at Royal like Crown
4: and then underscore Rupp R U P P,
2: perfect. All right, guys, uh, thanks again for joining us. I think that does it for our our uh, our draft class uh, group, guys. It, it was be- it's been a lot of fun um, talking draft this whole month. It, I think it gave us a really good escape for a little bit. But uh, it's been a pleasure doing this with you guys. A lot of fun.
3: Yeah, it's it's been great, and and Dan, you've been you know nothing sport of, short of spectacular running these and and getting everything ready, and uh, it's been great working with you as well, Brennan. Uh, good job.
4: Yeah, same to you, Rob. It was a pleasure working with you. I learned a lot from you, and Dan, same as you.
2: Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And, yeah, you you two were the you two were the scores i i'm just throwing i'm throwing the the lob up for you to dunk it down so yeah that that's this is that's how it worked and it, it worked out perfect guys uh so thanks again everybody for listening uh for this month of our group here we appreciate you and uh as always go Pat, go, go, bat go, bat go. Bat go.